0: It's time now for Pilgrim's Progress Storytime with Pastor Ray Greenlee. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress Storytime. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I love this story of Pilgrim's Progress, the story of Christian as he makes his way from the city of destruction to the celestial city. Now he learned that he lived in the city of destruction
1: because as he lived there he read a book and the book told him that he was going to die if he stayed there this is john bunyan's story
0: he wrote it first 1661 as he was in prison for 12 years he suffered there because he would not stop talking about Jesus.
1: He was not willing to just shut up and go along with everybody. This is an allegory. It's a
0: story that has been in constant print from 1661 until today. Today we're going to begin with the portion where he comes to a house where he will stay overnight. This is a lodging place that has been arranged by the Lord of the hill. Let's begin. Watchful, the porter rang a bell, at the sound of which a serious-looking, beautiful maiden came out of the door of the house. Her name was Discretion. She immediately asked why she had been called. The porter answered, This man is on a journey from the city of destruction to Mount Zion, but being weary and with night coming on, he has asked me if he might lodge here tonight. I told him I would call you. Here's a picture that you might enjoy seeing. That's the picture of the beautiful lodging place where he is to spend the night. I told him I would call you. Who, after a conversation with him, may do what seems best to you, even according to the law of the house. Then she asked Christian where he was from and where he was going, and he told her. She asked him also how he got into the way, and he told her. Then she asked him what he had seen and met in the way, to which he replied, My name is Christian. And I have a very strong desire to lodge here tonight, because from what I perceive, this place was built by the Lord of the hill for the relief of the pilgrims. So she smiled with tears in her eyes, and after a short pause, she said, I will call for two or three more of the family. So she ran to the door and called out prudence, piety, and charity who, after a little more conversation with him, invited him to meet the family. Many of them met him at the threshold of the house. Come in, they said. You are blessed of the Lord. This house was built for the Lord of the hill, for the purpose of showing hospitality to pilgrims such as yourself. Then he bowed his head and followed them into the house. When he had come in and sat down, they gave him something to drink and conversed together until supper was ready. Some of them passed the time profitably with very interesting discussions. Finally, they asked
1: piety and prudence and charity to converse with him. Piety began, "'Come,
0: good Christian.' Since we have received you into our home with such charity this night, let's spend our time profitably by discussing all the things that have happened to you so far on your journey. Christian responded, I'm glad you're interested in my journey and would be happy to share with you the adventures. What was the first thing that motivated you to become a pilgrim? Piety asked. I was driven out of my native country by a dreadful message that I could not get out of my mind, and the message was that destruction was unavoidable, and if I stayed in the place where I was, I would die. But how did it happen that you came out of your country this way? Piety inquired. Christian answered, It was God. It was as God would have it. I was under the fear of destruction. I did not know where to go, but by chance I was approached by a man as I was trembling and weeping. His name was Evangelist, and he directed me to the small sheep gate. I would never have found it without his direction, and that put me on the way that led directly to this house. Piety then asked, But did you not come by the house of the Interpreter? Yes, Christian went on. And while I was there, I saw and heard things that I will remember forever. Three things that were the most important. First, how Christ, despite Satan's manipulations, his work of grace in the heart. Second, the man in the iron cage who sinned himself out of the hope of God's mercy
1: finally, the dream of the man who thought to sleep, that the day of judgment had come.
0: Did he tell you about his dreams? Piety wondered. Oh, yes, and it was dreadful. It made my heart ache as he was telling it. Yet I was glad to hear it. Piety inquired. Was that all that you saw at the house of the interpreter? Oh, no, he took me to a stately palace where the people were dressed in gold, and it was here that I saw a brave man cut his way through the armed men who stood in the door to keep him out. Then he was invited to come in to eternal glory. Seeing these things enraptured my heart. I would have stayed at that good man's house for a year, but I knew I had further to go. And what else did you see in the way? Piety wanted to know. See, I went a little further, and I saw one who hung bleeding upon a tree, and the very sight of him made my burden fall off my back, for I had groaned under a heavy burden, but then it fell off. It was a strange thing to see, and I've never seen anything like it before. And while I stood looking up on the one hanging on the cross, Three shining ones came to me. One of them testified that my sins were forgiven. Another stripped me of my rags and gave me this embroidered coat that you see. And the third gave me the mark that you see on my forehead and gave me the sealed scroll. And with that, he plucked it out of his coat. Piety again asked, But you saw more than this, did you not? christian continued the things that i that i have told you were the best but there were some other things i saw namely i saw three men foolish sloth and presumption they were lying asleep a little out of the way with irons upon their ankles but do you think i could awaken them I also saw formality and hypocrisy come tumbling over the wall with the false pretense of going to Zion, but they were quickly lost, as I warned them that they would be, but they would not believe me. But the hardest thing I encountered was getting up this hill and then coming upon the lions. If if it had not been for the good porter who stands at the gate, I think I might have retreated and abandoned my journey. But now, I thank God I'm here, and I thank you for so kindly receiving
1: me. Then Prudence began to ask questions. Did you ever think of the country you came from? Oh, yes, but with with much shame and
0: "'Honestly, if if I had pleasant thoughts about the country from which I've come, "'I might have taken the opportunity to return. "'But I desire a better company. "'I desire heaven.' "'Prudence asked further, "'Do you not still carry some of the baggage from the place from which you escaped?' "'Yes, but against my will.' I still have within me some of the carnal thoughts that all my countrymen as well as myself were delighted with. Now all these things cause me to grieve. If I could master my own heart, I would choose never to think of these things again. But when I try only to think about these things that are best, those things that are the worst creep back into my mind and behavior. Don't you find that sometimes you can defeat those evil things and that the other times they seem to defeat you, Prudence suggested? Yes, it happens sometimes. They're golden hours that I treasure. Can you remember the means by which you were able occasionally to defeat the evil desires and thoughts that assail you? Oh, yes. When I think about what I experienced at the cross, that will do it. When I look at the embroidered coat, that will do it. And when I read the scroll that I carry in my coat, that will do it. And when my thoughts turn to the place to which I'm going, that will do it too. And what is it that makes you desirous to go to Mount Zion? Christian replied, Why, it's there I hope to see alive my Savior who hung dead on the cross. It is there I hope to be rid of all these things that to this day are an annoyance to me. They say that in that place there is no death, and I will dwell there with the company that I like best. For to tell you the truth, I love him because he eased me of my burden. I am weary of my inward sickness. I desire to be where I will die no more with a company that will continually cry, Holy,
1: Holy, Holy. Then Charity said to Christian, Do you have a family? Are you a married man? I have a wife and four small
0: children. And why did you not bring them along with you? Charity asked. Then Christian wept and said, Oh, how willingly would I have brought them along. But they were all completely against my going on this pilgrimage. But you should have talked to them and should have tried to show them the danger of being left behind. Oh, I did, Christian explained. I told them what God has shown me regarding the destruction of our city. But they treated me like I was
1: jesting. They would not believe me. But Charity inquired further. And did you pray to God
0: that he would bless your counsel to them? Yes, I did, and with much pleading. As you can imagine, my wife and poor children are very precious to me. Did you tell them of your sorrow
1: and fear of destruction? I suppose that that was the, the destruction you saw, right?
0: Yes, over and over and over, Krishna responded. They could also see the fear in my face and my tears, they also in my trembling under the apprehension of the judgment that hung over our heads. Unfortunately, all of that was
1: not enough to convince them to come with me. Charity inquired. What did they say for themselves?
0: What reason did they give for not coming with you? My wife was afraid of losing the world, and my children were f- were swayed by the foolish desi- delights of youth. So, by one thing or another, they left me to make this pilgrimage on my own. Charity asked further, But couldn't they see the vanity of life in the city of destruction, and how your life had changed for the better as you prepared to leave? Couldn't you convince them how foolish it was to stay and how much better it would be for them to
1: come along with you? Christian responded, Yes. Although I cannot command, I
0: cannot commend my life, for I am conscious of my many failings. I know that a man, by the witness of his life, may overturn any persuasive argument he may make. Yet I can say that I was very careful not to give them any occasion for offense by my actions. I did nothing to give them cause for not coming on this pilgrimage. And it was for this very thing that they found fault with me. They complained that I was too precise and that I denied myself things for their sakes in which they saw no evil. I think I can say that what they saw in me that hindered them was my great concern that I not sin against God or do any wrong to my neighbor. Charity commented, Indeed, Cain hated his brother because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. And if your wife and children have been offended with you for this, They show themselves to be implacable to good, and you have now delivered your own soul from blood. Now I saw in my dream that they were talking together until supper was ready. So when all was prepared and ready, they sat down to eat. Now the table was furnished with savory foods and with wine that was well refined, and all the conversation at the table was about the Lord of the hill. They spoke with reverence about what he had done and why he did what he had done and the reason he built the house. And by the things they said, I perceived that he'd been a great warrior. He had fought with and slain him that had the power of death, but not without great danger to himself. Hearing this made made me love him even more. They said, I believe... As said Christian, that he did it with the loss of much blood. But what made it more glorious and gracious was that he did it all out of pure love to his country. And besides, some of the household said that they'd spoken with him since he had died on the cross. And they have attended and attested that they heard it from his own lips. That there is nowhere to be found, no matter how far one might travel, anyone who had greater love for the poor pilgrims than he has. They moreover gave an instance of what they heard him say, which was that he had stripped himself of his glory, that he might do this for the poor. They also heard him say and affirm that he would not dwell in the mountain of Zion alone. They, they said also that he had made many pilgrims, pilgrims and and made them into princes, and even though by nature they were born beggars, their original dwelling had been a dunghill, but now they were princes. This was the topic of their fellowship and conversation, which lasted late into the evening, and after they had prayerfully committed themselves to the Lord for protection, they all went to bed. They took Christian to a large upper chamber whose window opened toward the rising sun. The name of the chamber was Peace, and this is where he slept until the break of day when he awoke singing. So in the morning they all got up, and after some more discourse, they told him that he should not depart until they had shown him some of the treasures of that place. First, they took him into the study where they showed him records of the greatest antiquities in which, as I remember my dreams, they showed him first the pedigree of the Lord of the hill, that he was the son of the ancient of days and became that by eternal generation. Here also was more fully recorded the acts he had done and the names of many hundreds whom he had taken into his service. Recorded there was how he had placed them in such habitations that could neither by length of day nor nor decays of nature ever be dissolved. Then they read to him some of the worthy acts that some of his servants had done. How they had, through faith, conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, had been made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Then they read in another part of the record where it was declared how willing their Lord was to receive anyone into his favor, even those who in times past had offered great affronts to his person and proceedings. Here also were several other histories of many other famous things that Christians were able to read, both ancient and modern together with prophecies and and predictions of things that had already occurred or soon would come to pass, predictions and prophecies full of dread and amazement to our enemies and comfort and solace for pilgrims. The next day they took him into the armory where they showed him all manner of furniture that their Lord had provided for pilgrims. There were swords, shields, helmets, breastplates, all prayer, and shoes that that would not wear out. There was enough to dress out as many men for the service of the Lord as there were stars in the heavens. They also showed him the instruments with which some of his servants had done wonderful things. They showed him Moses' rod, the hammer and nails which Jael slew Siesta, the pitchers, the trumpets, the lamps with which Gideon put to flight the armies of Midian. Then they showed him the ox goad used by Shamonger to slay 600 men. They also showed him the jawbone, which Samson did use in his mighty feats. They showed him the sling and the stone with which David slew Goliath
1: at Gath. Also, they showed him the Lord in the final days, when he will kill the man of sin. Besides all that,
0: they showed him many other excellent things with which Christian was much delighted. Once this was done, they all went to rest. Then I saw in my dream that the next day Christian got up to continue his journey. But before he could leave, they convinced him to stay for another day, hoping the weather would be clear so that they could show him the delectable mountains. They told Christian that this would further encourage and comfort him since these mountains were near to his final destination than where he was now. So he consented to stay, and when the morning came, they took him to the top of the house and asked him to look south, which he did. And then he saw some distance away, the most pleasant mountainous country, beautiful with woods and vineyards, fruits of all sorts, flowers, springs, fountains. They were delectable to behold. Then he asked the name of the country, and they said it was Emmanuel's land, like the hill it is for the pilgrims. And when you go there with the assistance of the shepherds who live there, you will be able to see from there the gates of the celestial city. Now they all agreed that Christian was ready to go forward on his journey but they wanted to visit the armory one last time before he left. So they did, and while they were there, they covered him from head to foot with armor to protect him should he be assaulted along the way. Christian was now dressed in full armor. He went with his friends to the gate, and when he arrived at the gate, he asked the porter if any other pilgrim had passed by. The porter answered, Yes. Did you ask him his name? Christian inquired. I asked him his name, and he told me it was faithful. Oh, said Christian, I know him. He's in my town, a close neighbor. He comes from the place where I was born. How far ahead do you think he is, sir? Oh, by this time, I think he should be below that hill. Well, said Christian, good porter, the Lord be with you and increase your blessings for all the kindness you have shown me. Then he began to go forward. Discretion, piety, charity, and prudence accompanied him down to the foot of the hill, and they all went on together, rehearsing their former conversation until they came to the top of the hill. Then Christian said, It appears that going down the hill is going to be as difficult and dangerous as it was climbing up the hill. Yes, said Prudence, it's a hard thing for a man to go down into the valley of humiliation, which is where you're headed. It is difficult to go down the hill without slipping and falling, which is why we're going to accompany you down the hill. So he began to go down very carefully, and even with all of this caution and assistance, he almost slipped a time or two. Hmm. Well, that's all the time we have today. Next week, we're going to speak about a fierce battle in the Dark Valley where he is attacked and almost killed. God bless you. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress Storytime. I'm Pastor Ray. I love you.
1: I love you.